Spectrum Business works with small businesses nationwide, so we know that running your own business means doing it all. Marketing, sales, inventory, customer service, and more. Spectrum One for Business helps you keep it all connected for just $49.99 a month. Get fast, reliable internet, advanced Wi-Fi with security shield, and a free mobile line for one low price. Stay connected and do it all with Spectrum One for Business. Only $49.99 a month. Go to spectrum.com slash business to learn more. Restrictions apply. Service is not available in all areas. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. The award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. With powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management, Constant Contact helps the small stand tall. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. As always, I'm Josie, and today we are joined by fellow APU alum and victim, Vanessa Brooks. Hi, Vanessa. <laughs> Hi, Josie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, I am wearing my very dirty APU sweatshirt, which I inherited. I didn't even buy while I was at APU. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, so what did you major in again? Youth ministry? Yeah, my major was in youth ministry. Which is hilarious that that's a major in general, but I love it. Yeah. Only at APU. <laughs> I actually had two youth ministry um, roommates at the same time. It was so funny. <laughs> I went to a lot of Bible studies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was one semester that I did, like, the discipleship group thing, and it was oh, awful. Yeah. I was like, never again. I feel so sorry for the people that were in my group that one semester. Because I was just on like a rampage. I feel that. Yeah, I did. I did one semester as well, like my freshman year. And the girls that I was grouped with, God bless their hearts, but they're just like a lot cooler than I was and probably cared about being cool. I don't know. Probably not. But they were just cooler than I was and ran in a different circle. And I was like, I can't relate to these people at all. Like, I just. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, I mean, in general, I yeah. you, but. APU is a weird culture because I actually transferred into APU, um, went to community college for a few years, and then transferred to APU as a uh, applied exercise science major mm-hmm. and ended up switching to youth ministry because I didn't, I got like really legalistic Christian during college and was like, well, I actually feel called to ministry, so I'm going to switch over. Um but I just never felt like I fit in with anybody there, mm. especially as a transfer student, because you kind of missed all the like Kool-Aid drinking of freshman year and like moving in. So it's kind of just weird to experience all of that. I feel that. Although a lot of us landed outside of the Kool-Aid by, you know, later on in the career. So <laughs> you, yeah, I'm upset we didn't meet during college. I would have, we would have been friends, you know? I know. Kool-Aid <laughs> drinkers. <laughs> But anyways, tell us a little bit about your story and your background, because I'm excited to get into the topic that we will eventually get into, but I don't, I I don't want to tease it this time. I'm trying to not tease it. (laughs) (laughs) Like how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) For real. I'll try and I was thinking about how I kind of wanted to like talk about that just because I could spend half an hour on my backstory alone. Mm -hmm. Um, But to keep it as concise as possible, I actually grew up Mormon. Um, oh my god! So 
I love Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the nicest people in the world. They'll bring you casseroles for days when your family's sick, but like so Stepford Wivesy, I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> My partner's so, um, aunt is still Mormon and she lives in Salt Lake City and we just went to visit her and it's always so funny because I just roast her because she's from here. She's from LA. She's from the same hood as I'm from. And she's like, Josie, look, somebody gave me my Stanley cup for Christmas. It's like, Aunt Judy, <laughs> you're such a Utah Mormon. Of course her name is Judy. Too. <laughs> yeah, she hates it. She hates it so much. <laughs> Which is funny because um, she was named Judy before her mom converted. So it was not even a Mormon thing. It's just <laughs> her name. But anyways, I'm obsessed. Okay, so you grew up Mormon. Yeah, I grew up Mormon. Um, my dad had actually converted Mormon in college. So like his whole family is like Italian, Roman Catholic. He converted in college at like 21 because his best friend's family was Mormon. And he actually went on like a Mormon missionary trip to Canada for two years. Oh, Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so my dad decided to raise us Mormon and my mom converted Mormon when they got married. Um, so I was in the Mormon church up until I was about like eight years old. And I was, even as a kid, I thought it was kind of weird just because yes. there were so many, it was so legalistic, like so many rules. You had to pray in a really specific way or God wasn't going to listen to you because it wasn't respectful. Um, I just remember like, I refused to memorize the books of Mormon, like verses from the books of Mormon. And I got held back <laughs> in the like joy school thing. I had to sit with the little kids because I wouldn't memorize it. I just like refused to. Um, and I got baptized in the Mormon church. So we went up until I was about like eight, got baptized, didn't really understand what it meant. Um, and then my mom had gotten sick. So we kind of just stopped going um and that's kind of like where my faith started I mean at eight you don't really have any concept of what it means you're kind of just like okay there's this like Jesus person I'm a terrible human being (laughs) um all of that so I kind of just took a step back and that's when we took a break from church um started going back again when I was about 13. And by that point I was going through my like emo scene kid phase, angry at the world, uh, like went to this young, like young women's group. And I remember that all of these girls were talking about like the music that they listened to. So it was like, I listened to Hillary Duff. I listened to Disney channel. (laughs) Disney channel. (laughs) And me with my like scene hair and black nails and like band t-shirts. I'm like, well, I listen to like Bring Me the Horizon and <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. Uh, yes. And the the youth group leader, like a grown woman, looked at me and was like, "Oh, well, if you listen to that and the like, you listen to that music and the way that you speak and the way that you dress, like, you're going to hell." <laughs> Straight up, <laughs> this group of Demon like thirteen year old girls, and. I don't know where this came from because I was always a really respectful kid, like never spoke back to adults. I was like, well, screw you. I'm never going to die. Yes! Like, that is not me. I have no idea where that came from, but I'm so glad that like 13-year-old me decided to stand up for myself. Like, this is stupid. I'm out. It was the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Uh, So after that, I kind of, was like devout atheist for years. Um, all throughout junior high and high school, I would like fight with Christians oh on God. purpose. Like I just wanted nothing to do it. with it. I remember there was this guy that used to wear the like, Jesus died for MySpace in heaven. <laughs> with the MySpace logo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, there's there's one that said Reese, like a Reese's logo oh, yeah. that said Jesus. Oh. Um, so I would like tease this guy and ironically 
we ended up in the same classes at APU like, oh, no. all these years later. And I actually apologized to him. I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I was such a dick to you. That's <laughs> cool. Um, uh, where was I going with this? But yeah, I kind of like became a Christian after high school um, because I had some friends that were like, hey, do you want to come to church with us? Um, and I started getting really involved with the Foursquare Church. I'm not sure if you're familiar Ugh, with Foursquare denomination. Good. Okay, this makes that you have some context. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I started getting involved with Foursquare Church and mainly got sucked in because of like worship. Mm-hmm. Worship That's is kind of what ya. like <laughs> the music got me. <laughs> like, yep. Um. So I started serving on the worship team, like singing and kind of just like climbing that ladder because I wanted to be a worship leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to do the whole like humble brag thing of like, somebody comes up to you like, wow, that was such a beautiful, like you have such a beautiful voice. It was such a beautiful set. Um, it's like, oh, it wasn't me. It was all the Lord. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> like all of the cliches. Um so I was volunteering at this church, um, doing worship team, helping out with the youth group, um, just getting more and more involved. And this church in particular was like trying to get everyone to go to Life Pacific College. San Divas. <laughs> this is so funny because I have a friend from APU who also, his family was super involved in Foursquare. And he went to APU, but his brother went to Life Pacific. And I was like, this is, like, such a parallel right now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's stupid because, like, LPC isn't even accredited yeah. like, college. It um, means nothing. <laughs> I'm so glad that I did not go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had originally transferred to APU because I wanted to get my DPT eventually. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to do applied exercise science. Um, that's what I wanted to do. And my junior year, I needed, because I transferred, I needed a lot of service credit to graduate. Mm-hmm. So um, the summer missions program, um, I decided, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go join a missions team and like knock out 20 credits over the summer so I can graduate on time because I'm already spending like 70 grand to go here. Yep. <laughs> so I went on a missions team. Um, it was the last year that they did the Himalayas trip. Wait, because who did you go with? Was, I went with like Janine Sai and Matt Ross. <laughs> like, <laughs> Garrett, oh, what was his last name? Yeah, like, that was my team that I, I went with. <laughs> Yeah, I went to high school with Janine, too. Hell yeah. Oh, badass. So that was, like, also a weird connection that came back around. But um, we went to Kolkata and Darjeeling, India. And then we got to go to Bhutan, which was fucking awesome. Um, This is the one that went hiking, right? Like, you guys were hiking? We hiked the Himalayas. Like, (laughs) listeners, understand this. A school sent children not children adults to (laughs) hike the snowy mountains i don't know if there's snow i just imagine there's snow (laughs) yeah no snow but we hiked up to like thirteen thousand feet Uh -uh. i got altitude sickness one night i thought i was gonna die yeah (laughs) this is crazy ours was like a prayer trip specifically like i didn't (laughs) i had a problem (laughs) which honestly like literally i was like we weren't really doing anything we helped with like a vbs and then we went around to a couple different churches and like preach gave a few messages and then went on this awesome hike in bhutan for like a week (laughs) like we didn't even really do anything but i remember i had a problem with all of the other missions teams because they were just sending all these unqualified people out to go go down to Mexico, like build a really shitty house and then come back or like give a bunch of kids 
all of these like gifts and toys and everything was like not sustainable. Mm. So I was like, I don't want to do any of those. Um, but that two months that I spent in India was like so transformative that I came back and was like, I don't want to be an applied exercise science major anymore. So like mm. junior year of college after transferring, already taking a year's worth of credits, I switched to youth ministry. God bless you. Because <laughs> that was my calling. Mm. I was like, I want to be a youth pastor. This is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so senior year of college, I was actually doing an internship. So to graduate um, from the youth ministry major, you had to do a year-long internship at a church. Um, and conveniently, my church started doing an internship program that year. They like renovated the third floor of our church building. A so third like floor dorm. in a church building? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was living in Burbank. It was a church in Burbank. So Dude. driving like over an hour. Um, I was working at this church, volunteering, like, because I was on worship team, mm-hmm. like leading worship at main service. So I'd start worship team practice at like 6.30 in the morning, no. do three services, have an hour break to eat lunch. No. And then I was also a youth group leader. I was so mad. <laughs> so I would be serving at church from like 6.30 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night on Sundays. I was taking 21 units a semester, commuting to APU. I was like, this is what the Lord wants. And you were <laughs> not getting paid. I was not getting paid. Yeah. Oh, God. I have uh, a hard time now. I work at a church. I have a hard time with having to be at church for the one hour on Sunday. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So my senior year at APU, like, honestly, was just such a blur to me. Um, but... I just remember I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I had thought about it. I was like, I'd really love a chance to go back to India, but I didn't know when it was going to happen or how it was going to happen. So I'd kind of just like put it out of my mind. And um, it was maybe a couple months before I was about to graduate that I had a mentor on campus that was like, hey, there's this opportunity that's coming up to um go with this like summer team to India again. Um, it was a nonprofit organization here um, that has like a connection with an English medium school um, in Southern India, like probably the closest large city is Hyderabad. Mm. So it's in Andhra Pradesh, um, like right next to the Bay of Bengal. Um, and they're like, yeah, we need teachers to help at this school um, teach Bible classes. And I was like, well, I have a theology degree, so (laughs) why not? Um, So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to India. Um, So I decided, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this trip. And it was originally supposed to be three months. And I ended up staying there for like almost a year. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's a long flight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it was kind of wild because there were also two other APU students that there was an APU action team that was going Mm -hmm. that summer. Um, So the action team was going to be there for like, I think two months, maybe not even two months. It was like pretty short term. Um, So there was like another group of APU students that if they listen to this, they'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out um, what year was this? Uh twenty sixteen. I might know who went on that team. <laughs> I yeah. worked at the office at that time. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, it was the um Mori. Mm-hmm. Mori Yeah, yep. Mori India. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly who was on that team. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, we'll talk about that. I don't off. know if you've heard any stories about that. I have. Uh, quite a few. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Yeah. um, So I went over with that team, was kind of working with them. 
they're kind of doing like a lot of VBS things because it was during the summer. Um, but after the summer ended, there were also two other APU students that were there. So there was the action team, and then there were two people that were doing a his years mm. program there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I got along with really, really well. The other one I did not. Yes. <laughs> um, and both of them were staying for two years. So like this organization did kind of like set it up that they would be able to serve, work there, like kind of just like serve at the school and get room and board in exchange because it was a boarding school for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had about 30 kids that lived on campus with us. Like we'd eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. We'd do like, I don't know, play guitar and hang out and like play soccer after dinner. Oh my gosh, um, you were like a parent. <laughs> literally, I was like a den mother. Yeah. <laughs> And it was awesome. So come the time that all of the other teams were leaving, I was like, no, I want to stay because I don't have student loans to pay back yet. Like, you know what, this is the one time in my life I have the opportunity to do this. Um, I was like, oh, I'm just going to stay. Um, so I was teaching fourth, fourth class, sixth class, and ninth class, hmm. Bible classes. And I'd never taught anything in my life. And teaching is terrifying. Mm-hmm. You just have all these kids looking at you. Like, I preached in front of big groups of people, but teaching is completely different. Yeah. Um, but what was kind of crazy about it is as I stayed there and the longer that I got immersed in the culture, um, I just started to see differences in the way that the other two like his year students that were there saw missions differently than I did. Mm. Um, Like when I think about it, I was kind of a really terrible Christian (laughs) because I, I never gave a shit if people accepted Jesus or not. Yeah. Like that was never my prerogative. Like I just wanted my whole purpose in going over there was like the comfort that I found in religion was that, okay, I'm inherently worthy and loved exactly the way I am. And like, you're cared for, like, you're, you're good. That's it. So I just wanted other people to feel that. So I'm like, I don't care if you accept Jesus. Like, I just want you to feel like you're a good person. Oh, um, yeah. That's a better mission. <laughs> That's better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the other Americans that was there um it was just really interesting to see how she didn't want to immerse herself in the culture Mm. so we had eat with our hands which is just like customary in Indian culture um and I kind of looked at it as like a humility thing because the kids would laugh the kids laughed at me for like a month (laughs) like you wouldn't think that there's a technique to eating with your hands yeah but there is like I was like okay I'm doing great and all the kids are laughing I'm like what (laughs) 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 uh so you're like trying to eat and eventually I like learned how to do it but this other girl that I was working with used a spoon the entire time would like complain and make a big deal out of it and kind of like look down on the people that were there. So we started fighting. So like, I'm not Absolutely. cool with you. And we yeah. were roommates. We were sharing a room. So it just got really nasty between us. And like, I would have hit all the fucking spoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was awful. And like, so Indian food are- is pretty easy to eat with your hands. Like- yeah, it's. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. I feel like there's something really cool about eating with your hands. Like, you feel more connected to your food somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, I still do it now sometimes just because it it feels nice. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but there are a lot of things. Like, I thought about how much I wanted to share about this organization just because there's some really shady shit going on. Um, so there's I all mean... the, like... <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's all this like interpersonal drama between like me and the other two that were there. But 
this organization, um, so I had gotten there like ready to just work with the kids, teach some Bible classes, stay on this campus. Um, and the president of this organization um, has a program with Berkeley mm. that I don't want to name the name of this thing because I feel like it's a little too, you'd be able to find it. Yeah. Um, but it was basically this like initiative that all of these major tech companies were coming to this small village in India, like Google, IBM, all these things. Like you need a drone to measure the pH levels of your shrimp farm. And like, I don't see this community needing those things. Mm. Like this feels like a step too far, but the president of this organization was trying to get myself and the other two missionaries there to like move this initiative forward. He's like, oh, you're you're here volunteering at my school because he basically owned the school. His family started this school in um, India. It's like the village that he's from originally. So he's like, well, I'm in charge. You have to listen to me. I was like, this is wrong. I oh totally disagree with this. Um, so it just kind of all unraveled from there because I told him no. I was like, he, one, wanted us to travel to multiple different cities in India, like on our own dime, oh. stay in these fancy hotels, basically working for him at this like UC like university trying to push his agenda and I'm like dude that's not what I'm here for like I'm here to hang out with these kids and like not I don't know, spend my own goddamn I, money <laughs> yeah like I started a choir program at the school that was my favorite thing we did like an oh, after school <laughs> choir I love it um and we like Christmas time I took the kids around to all the different churches in the community and like we sang Christmas carols and um yeah it was just really cool in a lot of ways but also just really fucked up mm. but it was really interesting too because um the more that I got immersed in the community and kind of separated myself from the bubble of APU, working in a church, Christian major, um, all of my friends are Christian. As soon as I separated myself from that bubble, you really just start to think critically, like, why do I believe this stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, and it was also during the 2016 election when I was there. Don't even get me fucking started. And that's when things, <laughs> that's when, yeah, <laughs> that's when things started getting real divisive. Yeah. I was like. Um, so I was just kind of like, I don't know if I believe in this anymore, because you're looking at these people that are like in my neighborhood that I'm getting to know that, um, are like really devout Hindus mm. and they'd be going to temple every single day with like offerings. You have to go to different temples for different things. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay. If God is this like all powerful, all good being, why is this entire nation of people doomed to hell for eternity? Literally just based on like the cultural, like the religion of that area, like geographic area. I was like, this is wrong. I don't I don't believe this. Yeah. I um had a friend who went to a predominantly muslim country and he had a similar experience where he was told to convert refugees like from like to hang out to serve them obviously um but the whole goal was to convert them from being muslim to being christian and he had this huge crisis of faith because he's like these people love god more than i do and i have to convert them and now, I mean, he's just like, I couldn't reconcile that in my brain. So I dipped. He left the mission early and was like, I'm done with this. And he's done with the religion. And honestly, yeah, that sounds pretty fucked. Yeah. 
Also, because these people were refugees, you wanted to rip their entire safety, like emotional and spiritual safety from them because you think they're going to hell? Because they you call God by a different name, but is essentially the same fucking religion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially like from a therapy perspective too, like what? Mm. What? Like mm. it's unreal. Just the level it's colonialism. Like Amen. that's what it comes down to is like missions is colonial. Like Western Christian missions mm. is colonialism. It's plain yep. and simple. Like I felt wrong and I had to do a lot of recon- like reconciliation with myself about what I did. I felt guilty for like years. Mm. So I started deconstructing my faith in like 2016 um so it's been and i left the church officially in 2017 um so it's been a couple years and i've had some a lot of therapy Mm. a lot of things to work through but um during that time when i was still in india i was like before i started having my faith crisis um i was talking to the apu his year's office Mm. um was accepted into his years um into the program i went through the whole program was like ready and i had actually been accepted into another organization um that i was supposed to go to china for two years Mm. so i was talking to another missions organization and i was like i'm going to be a career missionary like this is what i want to do like i thought i don't want to stay in like no no shame (laughs) i mean Plenty of shame for us, but but no shame from each other. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready. Like yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do. And I think people that want to do missions, I think we really just like to travel. <laughs> um, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, I agree. <laughs> like, it's really just like I like to travel and learn about new cultures, mm-hmm. and I think that staying in one place for that long is the best way to learn about it and that's kind of like how I like to travel but um yeah I'd been accepted with it was an organization called Reach Global and um this is kind of like once I got back from that trip in India but yeah I'd stayed there for almost a year there's all this tension between me and this board president and like the board got involved because of all the interpersonal drama that was happening and just the like spiritual manipulation Mm -hmm. and like gaslighting that was happening. So we, with this like project that they were doing, they had these really expensive batteries on campus. So the school was like very open, like open campus, um, like, stone building that you could just like walk through any time of the day. Um, But they had these massive, probably like three by three huge square box batteries that were stored on campus and uh, they were stolen. Oh, so some, somebody stole these batteries and it became a big like witch hunt about like who took them. And uh, this board president accused, this bus driver like the bus drivers were accused of stealing these batteries so the bus drivers that are like picking these kids up from like all these remote places to bring them to school every day like super awesome really nice guys um and it became this witch hunt so like one day we were all on a field trip with the kids um like all the teachers and I had gone out with the kids and we're on a field trip and all of a sudden the bus takes a detour and they go to search the bus driver's houses for these batteries. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why are so, you involving the children? Well, we okay, I should preface. Like, we dropped the kids off. Okay. And we were told, the teachers were like, okay, we're going to go, like, get some food. And we'll, like, just go right now. Um, but they're like, just kidding, psych, before we like go get some food, we're going to go search these people's homes for these batteries. And by the time that I realized what was happening, I was like, I can't just get off the bus. <laughs> like we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, 
but I was pissed. I'm like, this is not okay. And I completely disagree with this and was just sitting there like, this is crazy. Um, one of the other Americans got off the bus to go search the first house. Oh my the God. other two of us stayed on the bus because we realized what was going on. We're like, this is not okay. So she comes back, sees that we're upset, doesn't re- like recognize why. It's just really ignorant in a lot of ways. Um, but they like go search a few more homes. We're just sitting on the bus, really pissed off. We get back. And then the next day, the whole thing blows up. So the bus drivers go on strike. Absolutely. The kids can't get to school, understandably, like as they should have. I was in total support of them. Like, mm. So the whole school shuts down for like a week. And um, the bus drivers were like very well connected in this community. Like, it was a pretty small remote village, um, very tight knit community. And the bus drivers told like, the leaders um kind of what was going on and it essentially turned into like a mob um like a literal like mob mentality type of thing um and because like three white americans were on the bus i mean like i'm blonde i stick out like a sore thumb (laughs) um they started like accusing us um meanwhile they're like it's, this is the Americans' fault. Like, the Americans are the ones that started this. And I obviously, like, had nothing to do with it. But the board president of this organization, um, they were having, like, they were having a town hall meeting, like, in the village. And the board president was like, well, the Americans need to go and apologize to are everyone for searching up? their home. Oh. And I was like, I was not involved in this at all. Like, yeah. you're sending me, you're literally telling me to go into an angry mob. Mm-hmm. Like, sacrifice myself to this mob. I was like, you're literally putting my physical safety in danger. Yep. This is fucking insane. Um, so I actually, I left. I, like, went back, refused to listen to this guy that was telling me to do that. I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm leaving. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um. I bought a plane ticket like literally the next day like really bittersweet because I'd spent a year with like the teachers that lived on campus like I'd made friends with these people and yeah loved my students and like it was really hard to leave but I'm just like this is insane and unsafe and um, say insane and totally unsafe so I don't think that I recognized how traumatic that experience was until I got back home um but I had already started like I'd basically gotten back home it was like right around Christmas and then the next month I was supposed to start fundraising to go to China with this other organization um so understandably I started to have some like doubts about it and looked more into this org and started asking deeper questions of them because I was like, okay, maybe this one in India was just a fluke. Yeah. I was still like, okay, I think this is still where God wants me to be. Figure it out. Um, but then I started to learn that this other org I was going to go with was complementarian. Oh, God. Fuck which that. goes entirely against who I am as a person. I was like, I was part of Foursquare for a reason because they affirmed women in ministry and like, let me preach and like even in APU there were a bunch of guys in my classes that Ugh. didn't believe women could preach don't even get me started on those assholes around <laughs> I gave a lot of them a, a lot of earfuls ear god I I really wish we had been friends during college I was um <laughs> because I, yeah uh, I was a lot bitter back then <laughs> a lot more bitter <laughs> a lot less patience <laughs> yeah and I don't have a lot to begin with now so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I realized I I was just like, okay, I can't do this. Um, So thankfully, I like backed out of that. I was like, because they had told me, I was like, hey, like, I know I can preach. This is something that's important to me. Is this going to be an issue? 
And they're like, well, it's not going to be a problem. Like, don't worry. It's not going to be a problem unless we like start a church. So, but the whole intention of this program was to like help start ministry programs. Mm. I'm like, you're going to be telling me it's going to be all these little microaggressions the entire time about like women. And then you're going to tell me that I'm not allowed to do like what I've studied for and like feel like I'm supposed to do. Um, and you're already going to a hostile culture. So it's not like, it's already not easy to begin with. And then you're going to add the whole complimentarian bullshit on top of it. Yeah, no. So I was like, this is a bad idea. And mm. uh, I actually started working at like the YMCA instead. And, Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was like either like go to China with this org or work at the YMCA and I was like well I'll work at the Y and I'm so thankful that I made that decision because missions in itself is just so problematic yeah and we didn't see it we didn't see it (laughs) yeah it's crazy I went to um Ireland for like six weeks two months whatever it was and I met a lot of friends at this church. And luckily, I mean, it's white people, so it's, like, different. <laughs> but <laughs> I, was the, I was the oppressed person there. <laughs> and we just did VBS and, like, hung out with Alzheimer's patients at a daycare facility. So it wasn't, like, anything too problematic. But I thought about, like, I was going to go to Lebanon at one point. That trip got canceled because of a war. I was <laughs> I went to Costa Rica. Yeah. I was going to go to San Francisco. And I was like, wow, I I was really colonizer for a second, wasn't I? I really was going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we live and we learn. Uh, we were lied to. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you at now? Yeah, I feel everything. like it definitely... So once I got back um, from India and kind of decided like I wasn't going to do this second mission, like this, I wasn't going to do his year. So like backed out of his years, mm-hmm. um, backed out of this partnership with Reach Global and was still really trying to fight for my faith. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I think this is just a crazy experience. Like, I'm still trying to listen to God and figure it out. Um, and I started going to a different Foursquare church because the one that I was going to before I left for India kind of burned some bridges with me just mm. in the way that I was like sent off, quote unquote. Um, so I started going to a different church and then there's all this drama with the pastor, like the pastor and his wife got a divorce. I, so I was on the leadership and worship team at this church too. Mm -hmm. Um, The pastor and his wife got a divorce and the Foursquare district released a letter that was basically blaming everything on this man's wife. Oh, hell no. Because she had left because she was protecting her own mental health. She's like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm not going to be at this church anymore. So they used her as a scapegoat and sent this letter out to everyone. Like, I'm done with this. Meanwhile, there's another pastor that's trying to get me to go be a children's pastor. Oh, yeah, of course. Which I never wanted to do. Yeah, give you the crying um, shit bags. Sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. No offense to everybody with children. I love your parasites, yeah. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the exact same way. I'm like, no, yeah. no kids. I yeah. never wanted to do kids' ministry. But um, they always want to put us women in fucking kids' ministry. Why? Because I have a uterus? That doesn't make me a fake person to take care of your child. I mean, I am personally, you're, but you're automatically nurturing. Yeah, nurturing. I'm not that nurturing. I'm a good babysitter because I'm strict. <laughs> Kids don't like me. <laughs> it's the opposite thing you want for children's ministry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So this guy was trying to get me to be a children's pastor, and I was like, absolutely not. And um. As soon as the lead pastor that he and his wife had gotten divorced, as soon as that lead pastor left, the interim pastor held a meeting with everyone and was like, okay, this is it. Like, nobody else can jump ship. 
And that phrase specifically, I was like, nope, I'm done. Like that was the straw that broke everything. I was like, I'm what, finished. This is a You're pirate gonna ship? Me- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can't leave. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, you're going to tell me I can't leave? And after everything that I'd just gone through, I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm done. So that was like January of 2017-ish. And I went through probably like two years of just being really, really angry. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of back to my like 13-year-old self of like, Christians are fucking stupid. Like, all of this is a joke. Why do you believe this? Um, just really upset. Um, and I think having had more years outside of that, like bubble, kind of all of the reconciliation of like, oh my God, am I going to go to hell? Like, is my life going badly now because I left the church? Like, is God still like smiting me? Like, um, but thankfully, like, a lot of therapy has helped me to work through that and work through the like trauma of purity culture and the trauma of like just thinking you're worthless because you're apart from God. Yeah. Um, like I have a freaking tattoo on my foot of like vine. I'm the vine. You're the branch. Like it's a ah! vine and branches based on John 15. You're so <laughs> white. So That's look funny. at that. <laughs> It's okay. I got a cross on my back, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm so glad I didn't get more like Bible related tattoos. Like, mm, I look at it now. Yeah. Like, it kind of, <laughs> it tells the story of that time in my life, but oh my God. Yeah. Hopefully tattoo um, removal will become cheaper in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all of our ex-Christian sakes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think what was most comforting to me was the fact that I like I struggled a lot I was just like okay am I making the wrong decision like does this make me less of a good person but I realized I was like no I've been exactly the same the entire time because like that mission that I have of like wanting people to feel worthy and whole and like loved just as they are because they're a person and they deserve it like that had never changed from the time I was Christian to like not to now like that is still the same I still treat people the same and I think now I have even more compassion and understanding for people because I don't have that legalism of Christianity like patriarchal like white Christianity too Mm. informing how I talk to people and interact with them um I love it. I mean, yeah, that's all that's the whole point, right? Of this whole fucking existence. It's just not to think that you're the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and I mean, I just thought, like, wow, Christianity really had us believing that we were the worst pieces of shit, but also the best thing that ever happened to this fucking planet. <laughs> it was such a God, like reading my old journals. Oh. about just like I'm such a piece of crap like oh my god it, it was just it's traumatic rereading yeah. those I'm like you got to be real careful going back into your old journals I still oh, I have all you. of them just in case but even yep. like as a kid just so many terrible things about yourself um amen and don't you I just feel so bad for the little us's in the world like oh they really had us believe in that. <laughs> like telling a seven-year-old, like you're doomed for all eternity unless you just say this one little sentence mm-hmm. that frees you from all that. Like, sure, sure, Bob. Thanks, sure, Bob. <laughs> the tomato. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> 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 that was on the fly. Good job, Josie. Whoa, yes. Uh- <laughs> Well, um, this, yeah, I think it's been a great story of, um, yeah, just like the evilness that could be missions work 
Because even if, like, these people had the best of intentions, they still got cut up in all the human bullshit, right? Like, this guy's still fucked up majorly. And not in just, like, a Christian way, but in a deeply disturbing human way. Like, that leader was an asshole. Yeah. To say the least. And then that girl eating with a fucking spoon. I'm still mad about that. That's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, pretend it's a taco it. and move on, bitch. Like, what the hell? <laughs> wash your hands. That's all I know is that she did not wash her fucking hands. Yeah. No. No. We did not get along at all. <laughs> I mean, don't blame you. Well, Vanessa, do you have any final thoughts before we end this episode of the podcast? Hmm. I think I think it's just encouraging lately to see how many people are starting to deconstruct their faith mm. and like think critically about what it is that they're putting out into the world and like how they're treating people. Um it's just been it's so nice seeing like all these podcasts come up and like just recognizing that there's like more communities of people that understand what it's like to like leave your faith behind because that's hard to do Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of courage and a lot of work yep amen to process through all of that um so I think just for like anybody that's doing that right now like hold strong like the further out you get from it the easier it gets yeah, and the better it feels, and the better person you become. So Amen. just like keep pushing forward, and it's gonna be okay. Yes, I love it. Well, Vanessa, do you have anything you want to plug before we sign off? Um, let's see. I would say I work for I work for a nonprofit. Um, I work for an environmental nonprofit. Um, oh, so love the planet. <laughs> Um, yes. Support local conservation efforts to preserve land. Because um, that's what I do now. So look for your local land trust and uh, yeah, check them out. I love it. Uh, what a deconstruction y job. Climate change, yeah. addressing climate change. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Well, friends, uh, as always, you can find us at Speaking in Church on Instagram. You can find me at Josie Takes the World. We have the merch, we have the tip jar, we have all the things, all of that is on the Instagram. You know, whatever. That's it. Have fun, friends. Stay woke or get woke, and don't be a colonialist asshole, okay? Just keep it up. We don't need it. They don't need it. It's fine. Okay, bye. This has been an irreverent media podcast.